What is the No Spin News all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation. We don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not nonpartisan. That's wrong. Not that. Okay, we are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism. We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are. And it would then crystallize what we do. Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts are available. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day, and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Up next, Rob Smith is problematic, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. From music to movies to TV, the left is ruining culture. And I'm going to tell you how. This is Rob Smith is Problematic. So last weekend, I was in Colorado for a business trip. I was speaking at a conference. It was a lovely conference. I was in Vail for a couple of days. It was absolutely lovely, but the flights were early and awful. And when I came back, I had this... I had to wake up at 4.30 a.m. I had to be on the plane by 5.30. I was in and out of airports all day. I slept in my contacts, so my right eye felt like it was about to fall out. And then I came back. I did Fox News Sunday night. And then I woke up on Monday morning. And then I did Fox and Friends. And that's an early morning. It's about 5.30 a.m. wake up. On Monday night, the only thing that I wanted to do was to finish up all of my work, snuggle, land on my couch, and watch the Brandy versus Monica versus event. Now, if you don't know what versus is, it's it's a cultural thing. It's hip hop and R&B for right now, but I'm pretty sure they're going to expand it to other things. So they have these artists that are similar and they sit them up and then they go song for song. And it's just this thing on the internet. Everybody watches, everybody has a really good time. And if you don't know who Brandy and Monica are, you're probably not a black millennial, but I am. So I'll tell you who they are. Brandy was the biggest thing ever. She was uh, the teen black girl pop dream in the mid to late 90s. And Monica was a teen singer as well. She had a little bit more swag, a little bit more edge. You know, her song was Don't Take It Personal. Brandy's song was I Want to Be Down. So this is, this is a thing. Hopefully some of you guys get this. Maybe you won't, but it doesn't matter. So I was all snuggled into my couch, 
sipping on my Truly. It's not an ad. I just drink Truly hard seltzer. I don't drink White Claws. They give me weird hangovers. And so Brandy and Monica sit down, and this is about to start. I am so excited. And then who do I see but Kamala fucking Harris coming in via FaceTime, laughing that fake disingenuous laugh that she does, and, and saying something about voting. And all I wanted was to throw something at the TV. All I wanted was to see my Brandy and my Monica go song for song. I didn't want to be reminded about Kamala Harris. I didn't want to be reminded about the election. I didn't want to be reminded about any of this stuff. All I wanted was a politics-free evening. That's all I wanted. But I wasn't able to get that because the left has ruined culture. The left has infiltrated all of the culture. Well, you can't say they infiltrated the culture because the culture has always been to the left. But now, now their messages and imagery and whatever they are trying to force feed you has infected everything, even this Brandy Monica thing. So Kamala Harris disappeared. And I was actually able to enjoy the show, but not before they were talking about voting. And, and mind you, this is something that is for a predominantly Black audience. So obviously, when they say voting, they mean voting for somebody on the left. But the left has ruined culture. They have ruined music. They have ruined movies. They have ruined, ruined television. First, how they've ruined music. And, you know, I don't even want to say that they've ruined music. The music has always been left-leaning. Rock stars and artists and all that, you know, we get that, right? There's not going to be rock stars and artists and rappers and all that saying that they support Republicans or they support the right, even though Jay-Z actually had an album out called Black Republicans back in the 90s, but they don't want you to know about that. Anyway, Cardi B probably one of the biggest rappers out there right now, definitely one of the biggest female rappers out there. Her and Megan Thee Stallion come out with a song a couple weeks back called WAP. And when they announced WAP, I was like, well, what does WAP mean? Does that mean, you know, it's a bop? Like this song is a bop? You know, we got... WAP means wet ass pussy. So basically, Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion have this song where they are rapping about their vaginas. Rapping about wet-ass pussy. Like, that's the song. I, I, I'm sorry. You know, it's got an explicit content thing. You know, when when we're in this space, we keep it real. They're rapping about wet-ass pussy. It's a fun video. Sexy. It's whatever. I'm not going to go in this whole moral majority thing about the WAP song because, number one, I, I mean, I like culture. I like music. I like all that stuff. It, it, and I don't have any kids. If I had a daughter, she wouldn't even know who Cardi B was. She'd be like, Cardi who? Kahoo? But no. All right. She wouldn't know who Cardi B was. Anyway, a week later, after coming out with a song about a wet ass pussy, Cardi B is interviewing Bernie Sanders. And they are talking about healthcare being a right. And they are talking about all of this socialist agenda and all of this radical stuff that the left is using music industry and useful idiots like Cardi B to push on people. What does Cardi B know about healthcare? What does Cardi B know about anything politically? I'll tell you what she did know about a year and a half ago. She made this YouTube video or she made a Twitter video where she was complaining about how many taxes she pays because Cardi B is from the Bronx. So she has to pay New York City taxes and they ain't cute. I pay New York City taxes myself. They are not cute. So she knew enough to say that 
her taxes were too high because the streets and all that stuff were still dirty. And of course they were. But yet, the people on the left know that she can be used to push this leftist agenda. So that's why she's interviewing Bernie Sanders. Does she have anything interesting to say about politics, about anything? No. No, they just know that these idiot kids are going to listen to a rap about a WAP and then, you know, try to get them to vote for, for Democrats, for the left. And it's not just about WAP. <laughs> it's about so many different other things. A couple of years ago, you had Miley Cyrus, and everybody knows Miley Cyrus. She's crazy. She sticks her tongue out. Her first album was actually pretty good. I, I like her new song. I think it's called like Midnight Sky or something like that. It's a good song. I, I like Miley Cyrus. I like culture. Guys, I, you're not listening to, to a conservative that is just going to like bash all the culture. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to wake you up to the fact that they are infecting everything that we love and enjoy culturally with their leftist messaging. And a couple of years ago, there was this Instagram photo that went viral of Miley Cyrus licking this cake that says abortion is healthcare. Think about that as the image that you want your daughters to see, right? Because your daughters are listening to Miley Cyrus. Your daughters love Miley Cyrus. And when your daughters look at Miley Cyrus licking a cake that says abortion is healthcare, they're going to start thinking that it's like it's like a root canal, right? And I'm not going to, you know, I, I'm not the person to have the abortion conversation. Whenever somebody asks me about the abortion conversation, whether I'm pro-life or, or any of that other stuff, I always say that we have come a long way from safe, legal, and rare. A very long way. Safe, legal, and rare, that train has left the station. It, it's gone. But that is how these artists are used to push these agendas. And remember when... Hillary Clinton was running in 2016 because, you know, everybody just knew Hillary Clinton was going to win. It was going to be Madame President and the glass ceiling is going to be broken and all the little girls in the world will know that they could achieve something because one of the most crooked politicians in American history has achieved her quest, the final stop on her quest for absolute power. That was supposed to happen when Hillary Clinton became president. Of course, it did not happen, thank God. But either way, neither here nor there. Remember when Hillary Clinton had the entire Hollywood, mainstream media, music industry, social media influencer establishment behind it? They were all with her. They were all with Hillary Clinton. And she got Beyonce and Jay-Z to throw a fundraiser. Beyonce and Jay-Z throwing a fundraiser for Hillary Clinton. But see, here's the thing. Beyonce is smart. Now, you ain't going to catch me bashing Beyonce. You're not, y'all ain't going to have the beehive out here on me. All right? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't deal with the beehive. I don't fuck with the beehive. I don't, I don't poke that bear. The, the, the hive is everywhere. They'll kill you. But Beyonce is smart because after Hillary Clinton lost, Beyonce removed every trace of that woman and that event from her social media and kept it moving. Just like when she had that hat for Beto. Man, Beyonce probably barely knows who Beto O'Rourke is. But she had that cap, like, oh yeah, Beto, Beto for Senate, Beto lost. <laughs> that that post got deleted. So this is how the left uses the music industry to push their agenda. But there is hope in going back to Beyonce, because I love Beyonce. And lucky, I'm, I, we're not going to do culture all the time, so this is probably the only time in a while I'm going to be able to get to talk about Beyonce. So she had this movie that came out on Disney Plus called Black is King. And when I first saw the previews for it, 
and I knew it was going to be about being black and, and African roots and all of that stuff. I was like, oh, my God, oh, it's going to be some more Black Lives Matter stuff. Oh, my God, it's going to be this messaging about how black people are victims and all of this other stuff. And I watched it and I loved it. And the reason why I loved that movie so much, and if you guys are listening to this and you were turned off for whatever reason or you didn't want to check out the Blackest King movie, watch it. It is a movie that celebrates Blackness. It is a movie that empowers and inspires Black people. It is not BLM crap. It's not victimhood crap. It's not America is awful crap. It's art. It tells a story. The visuals are amazing. It is wonderful. It is wonderful. And and please do watch this movie. I enjoyed it so much. But again, that movie was on Disney+. Plus. Again, not an ad. I just watched Disney+. Plus. But when you have to go see movies in the theater, the left is now in the process of ruining that for you as well. And I'll tell you how after the break. The left is also now ruining our movies. They're ruining that sacred American tradition that we all have to, to go to the movies, to enjoy movies, to get lost in something that is outside of our own lives. And I can't think of a better example of this than the Joker movie. And you remember Joker, that I think it came out last year. And remember all of that controversy that was bubbling up about Joker before it came out? And when I say controversy, I should use it in quotes because it wasn't a real controversy. This was something that was created by the woke left on the internet so that they could have something to write about it, they can have something to talk about, and they could just probably try to find a way to ruin a piece of art that somebody else has created because a lot of these people have never created anything in their lives and never will. And the reason that there was any sort of controversy about Joker at all is because film criticism and blogging And all of these writers and all of the stuff that you read on all these different sites, the Varieties and the Hollywood Reporters and the EWs.com and and all of that stuff, it has been taken over by leftist lunatics who think their job is to influence art and to try to influence how the public responds to it. So since there was this movie called Joker that was coming out, and it was obviously, it it was a, you know, Joker's white, it was Joaquin Phoenix, his white dude. And obviously the movie is about how he's disaffected by certain things that are going on in society. And they thought, and this is another, I, I should I should do an episode about um, the evil white men that exist in the left's minds. That the white men are the villain for everything on the left. But since this was a white man, since this was a disaffected loner and all that stuff, this is going to inspire people to do mass shootings. This is going to inspire people to do violence. We should do something about this. We should wave our fingers at these filmmakers and these actors that are trying to create something, and we should influence how the public reacts to this. And so Joker comes out, and it's brilliant, and doesn't inspire any kind of violence doesn't inspire any kind of any of this stuff that people were so quote unquote afraid of and they weren't really afraid of this they weren't afraid that some white dude was gonna pick up an ar-15 and run and, and shoot up a grocery store or something like that they weren't afraid of it they craved it 
they would have loved for this movie to inspire violence or to inspire mentally ill people to go commit acts of domestic terrorism or something like that, because then they would have been proven right. Then they could have said, see, I told you so. And this is how the left is, is ruining some of these movies right now, because now a movie can't just be a movie. And some of the most brilliant movies that have come out throughout American history have political points, right? They are making political points, but they are doing it in the context of art. And some of them are more obvious than others, particularly war movies. War movies generally tend to be, they it's like, they can be one or two things. They're either super, super rah-rah pro-war or they're very, very against it. And there's kind of like no ambiguity. Um, an interesting thing about this is there's a movie called Full Metal Jacket. Stanley Kubrick film, brilliant film. And as somebody who served in the military, it's so funny because this movie can be read two different ways. It can be, I, I think that a lot of people that are into this, you know, film criticism world see Full Metal Jacket as a satire of, of the military industrial complex, if you want to call it that, as a satire of bloodthirsty soldiers, as a satire of asshole drill sergeants. Arlie Ermery, brilliant. Uh, I believe that that was his name. I hope I didn't get it wrong. Rest in peace. But on the other hand, and I will tell you, as somebody, like, I was in the Army for five years. I did two deployments. I've been to Iraq, all of that stuff. Soldiers love Full Metal Jacket. They love that shit. They love that movie. And if this is supposed to be any sort of satire at all, it completely goes over their heads. God knows it went over mine. So the best movies are able to just exist on their own. And they leave it up to the audience to decide. So the left is ruining movies because now there's all these film critics and bloggers and everything else that are trying to influence the way we see these movies before we even have a chance to experience them. And it's not just movies like Joker um, that have been taken over by the left that want to influence you. Sometimes even historical movies, movies that are supposed to be allegedly based on real events get skewed and, and flipped to fit a left-wing agenda. There's a movie called The Aeronauts on Amazon Prime. It is a, it's a wonderful movie. It's wonderful. It's, it's, it's spirited. It's an adventure. The, the visuals are incredible. It's, it's exciting. It's so many different things. Um, it, it's about, I, I believe, the, the, the first or, or longest or highest hot air balloon ride ever. And then they keep on getting higher and higher and higher and it gets colder and colder and colder. And then they have to battle the elements. They have to get back home. They have to do all this stuff. It's a, it's a really wonderful movie. And in the movie, so there's a man and there's a woman. And the, the, the guy is actually a real guy. What I didn't find out until after I watched the movie is that the woman is completely fictional. This is, they created her. And when you watch the movie, the man is weak and incapable and incapacitated and the woman saves him. She's like, she's literally like Indiana Jones of hot air balloon flying. She's like flipping around. She's got the rope. You know, she's climbing up. You know, she's freezing to death, but she warms him up. And, he, and this dude is literally like in a, in a coma, you know, while she's doing all this shit. And this woman did not exist. In real life, there were two men in the balloon. I found that out when I did it. When I, I literally took me two seconds of Googling. And I found out that there were two men in this balloon in real life. That woman didn't exist. So what other reason would there be 
except for to kind of like push this like rah rah feminism go girl power like all of this other stuff and i'm all about strong women and all of that that is that's not the issue aren't there enough real women that did great things in history to make movies about did you have to like erase some dude to create a facsimile of some woman some heroic woman that didn't even exist now i saw the harriet tubman movie now that is a great movie no okay now that's a good movie great performance good movie about a real woman it's a real american hero and so the left has to literally create strong women out of thin air to be the hero in a movie that claims to be quote unquote inspired by real events and that really got me because i really enjoyed this movie and i'm watching this and i'm just like this woman is it's a badass oh my god how have i never heard about her before i'd never heard about her before because she doesn't exist and that is just, you know, another example. And I could go on and on and on. And God, I hope I don't sound like some, like, gay guy version of some, like, I don't know, guy who hates women or strong women or anything like that, because that's not who I am at all. It was just weird to me that a real person was eliminated and an entirely new character was created to push this sort of kind of, like, leftist, rah-rah, strong woman agenda. Now, sometimes you can do that, and the movie will actually be good. The last Terminator movie that just went out that that flopped, unfortunately, it had, you know, it was it was female focused. It was Linda Hamilton. And it was the new Terminator was like the new protector Terminator was a woman. And then it was all bad. But it was a good movie. Someone who is making quite the big change in Hollywood right now is actress Samira Armstrong. She's been working for years, but is perhaps best known for being on the iconic teen drama, The O.C. She has recently come out as a Trump supporter and is fighting the radical leftists of Hollywood on their home turf. And I'm going to have a chat with her next. Okay, so the left has ruined culture. And I have as a guest somebody who is in Hollywood, is in the television industry, and has so much to offer on this topic. I'm very excited to speak with her. This is Samita Armstrong. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for coming on and, and so much for being here. Now, give the people a little bit of, of your background, how you came to this industry, and why you decided to, to speak up as somebody who is a Republican, conservative, Trump supporter, whatever you want to call it, in Hollywood. Yeah, sure. So I, I came into Hollywood when I was 18. I moved out here. I've said this a couple of times, but it, it was right around when Trump, uh, sorry, Bush was reelected. And there was a storm of liberal tears that I was met with. This is before I understood that there were people who were violently opposed to Republican Party in power. And I learned very quickly that I was to keep any sort of perspective and opinions of my own to to myself if I wanted to continue to work. And I did that for 20 years. You know, I would secretly sort of like put out like little articles or like pro second amendment, like who's in control, gun control, who's in control that could like possibly go either way, you know, it wasn't like a direct attack on the left. But yeah, I decided to speak out now because it seems as if there has never been a more important time for my voice to be heard within the Hollywood industry. Because as you say, it, it's a cultural thing. And, you know, we citizens, we go to media and and film and television content for perspective. And there's such a big gap between the reality of what normal Americans, you know, are living and what the far left media is pushing. And I felt it was insulting and basically insulting. And, and I guess 
such a disservice to imply that there's not another voice other than the left. It, it was like screaming inside of me to come out. And I put a lot of thought into it, you know, obviously over the years, I never intended or, or saw myself as speaking out eventually. But the time in this moment is so dire that I, I actually took some time to like formulate like the process of which I would come forward. And my intention originally was just to like sort of subtly push this idea that, hey, guys, it's I, everything's crazy right now, but it's OK to be proud of the USA. And we've mm -hmm. actually done a lot of amazing things. And this narrative, you know, that the left is pushing, I just wanted to be a little sliver of a voice saying, maybe that's not all there is. So it exploded after that. It, I, I, my little sliver of a voice turned into a whole, like, full, full on brigade against the left. It's getting, it is, it's, it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, mm -hmm. which is so interesting. It's just like, it kind of just like, bam, it's like, yeah. oh, okay. So I, I want to go back a little bit because mm -hmm. you were on, on this kind of iconic team soap opera, the OC. And that was back in the day. So I want to ask you, because when we, we have this idea, those of us that are not in entertainment or Hollywood, I mean, I'm, I'm a political person. I, mm -hmm. I'm not in that industry really at all. So I have this idea of what it is. But I want to get a sense of what, what it was like for you as, you know, you said uh, you were very young. So 18, 23 years old, you're, mm -hmm. you're on this this huge show and, and you're proud to, to love America and you're proud of the USA. What are some of the different ways that you felt pressured to, to go with the whims of the left in that moment in your career? Sure. Well, there were moments while I say even when, when Trump was elected, I would go into a casting office and the casting director would start spewing nonsense about our president and all the lies that the media, media put forward. And then would go on to say, you know, how idiotic the crew members are because they're Trump supporters. So it's very clear in that situation. Wow. I am not to speak up if I want to audition and possibly land this job. Um, and, and that was that was the general rule of thumb. You know, the people with with power, as it were, of of getting giving jobs and in, in you know, being the employer, were the ones pushing the far left liberal agenda. The ones, the workers, were to be quiet or were would be found without a job. Why do you think that is? What? Why do you think that liberals have such a hold over the people in charge in Hollywood? I think it goes back to the idea of, of the narrative thing, right? It's a whole industry of storytelling. So they've spun this story. And I think a lot of conservatives and people in if any, any side left of just far, sorry, any side right of far left don't have time to stop and be like, that doesn't make sense, guys. Like, we're not going to argue about this with you. We just, instead, we just go on our way and be like, wow, those, you know, it's the same thing as like, I'm vegan, I'm vegan, guys, I'm vegan, I'm vegan. And you're like, okay, we don't care what you are, you know, like, we're just eating dinner. And, and it's the same with the, the far left. I think it's like, it, it's a um, a snowball effect of like we're good people, we're good people, we're good people. So it's yes, like, they want to tell you they yeah, want to. Yeah. It's virtue signaling. Right, they want to virtue right. signal how good they are. And, and so it's like okay, fine, you're good. It's all good. You're good. We don't care. But but what you know? Because it's like that's not even an argument. No one's trying to argue with you about that. And we don't. You know that whole like thou protest too much. Like we don't care. We're not speaking out against your being good or not being good or like trying to say that we are good because we know we are. <laughs> we know, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, who cares? This is your... So, 
So how does this stuff, I, I spent a lot of time this episode talking about, and I really break it down because when you, we, we all watch and we consume this stuff and it, it's the music and it's the TV and all that stuff. Yeah. But once you start seeing s- certain things, you can't unsee them. Mm. So in, in your estimation, what are some of the ways in which this leftist ideology is pushed into the content mm-hmm. that we all consume, particularly well, you, within television? Yeah, you, you can see it in the storytelling um, the, the way it's written is from a liberal perspective. Have you ever seen a, a balanced TV show in the last 10 years? Oh my goodness, if, no, if it, if it's, it's, it's really ba- funny, I have not. If it's balanced, it's balanced in the say that, in that they're making fun of, see Will and Grace, for example, very funny yes. show, very left show with, with one character who's quote unquote a conservative, right? Uh, what's her name? Karen. Karen. Yeah. Oh my God. It's yeah, Karen. the right one. <laughs> I don't even of course. Put it together. Of course, it's Karen. But but that's the point. Is that you know it's a satire if it's a quote unquote balanced perspective. And the the funny thing about it is is that you know Will and Grace that was an iconic show and it was it was so great and then when they came back and they did you know they. NBC backed up the money truck and all these people were just, you know, going to show up for a million dollars a week, whatever. It came back and it was all so political all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's like sometimes you can't even be entertained by these things because Mm -hmm. they are so busy shoving their agendas down your throat, which is why so many conservatives and and so many right-leaning people are like, I don't even watch this stuff. And I think that for me, I have become more interested, and this is kind of like one of my personal goals, not so much to infiltrate Hollywood, but Mm -hmm. how do we as conservatives start creating content, um, even fictional content with things that that reflect our values? So how do you think we go about doing that? You know what? I 100% agree with you. I got to a place within the last few years, especially now, you know, you heard of Oscar so white, and then there was like this whole openness to diversity, finally, of course, wonderful thing. But just as any sort of unorganic process does, all of a sudden, white people are not to have like, you can't get a job if you're a white writer, if you're a white crew member, or if you're a white actress. So I saw this transition happening, right? On the one hand, it's like, hell, yes, diversity in Hollywood, finally. But then it's like, not it's also not diversity at all, because diversity would be a whole plethora of colors and races. And now it's just and all thoughts. of them and thoughts. You're right, exactly. And now it's all of them except conservative and all of them except white males and, and females, which is fine. Okay, so how do you go about changing that? You don't need Hollywood anymore, right? There's so many platforms that you can go through. There's, Bingo. I have to, I actually started making a YouTube channel where I would make my own short films, you know, and taking the power out of the, the need for the machine that is Hollywood. It's, yes. We don't need to change Hollywood. We need to create our own thing. And you're uh, right. It, it doesn't have to be like super religious or um, super conservative. It can just be storytelling. That's the whole point. And that's the beauty of it. I've been having so many conversations with the thing about it is when you when you become kind of like a, a well-known conservative, you, you kind of all know each other and, and you yeah. hang out, you have these conversations. And I was talking with a friend of mine because my interest right now, I, I feel like everything that I do is cultural. So so mm-hmm. my interest right now mm-hmm. is culture. Mm-hmm. So how do we fix the culture? And I have so many different ideas for things that are surrounding us. And these mm-hmm. are these are great ideas. Oh, I bet they are. <laughs> I, I, they, I think they really 
really are. And hopefully maybe one day we'll, we'll all see yeah, the fruition yeah, yeah. of these ideas. Yeah. But it's not this idea mm-hmm. that I need to go to Hollywood and get signed by CAA no. and get a yeah. Netflix deal. Yeah. It's there's so much energy on this side. And yeah. there are so many people that are writing checks. And there is such a hunger right. for content from yes. this perspective. Absolutely. And I think the story, going back to the moral, is isn't just in the telling of, you know, the, it being on your laptop or your TV. It's also the story of what exactly you're talking about, the standing up against the establishment that is Hollywood. It, it's it's so layered, you know what I mean? Because it's an American American story of coming up against a, you know, something a a, a, a situation, a contrasting experience and getting David knocked, and Goliath. Right? Getting knocked down a little bit and getting back up and per- persevering. And, and that's what people are hungry for, right? We want to see change and difference. That's why Trump was, was overwhelmingly accepted in, in the vote, because we want something new. We want something different. We know this doesn't feel right or, or sound right or resonate whatsoever anymore. Let's be that moral character that we're also seeking in these shows that are like obviously lacking it. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, and I'm going to give a little I'm going to give a little plug to a movie that I saw. So there's a movie that I, I, I it's going to be coming out at some point. It's called Sound of Freedom. And it's got a uh, Jim Caviezel in it and Mir Servino, actually. Mm. And I, you can't call this a faith based movie. But what this movie is about is about child sex trafficking. I, yes, but yes. it is mm-hmm. this amazing crime thriller mm. and child sex trafficking is the crime. Mm-hmm. And when I got the invite to go to this premiere, it's just like, you know, it's like, oh, you know, no a conservative movie like i don't right, know if i'm right, gonna do right, this right. but i'm gonna yeah. go to support my friend yeah, but yeah. this movie is incredible wow. and if you guys are watching and if this movie is available for streaming or whatever like look yeah. it up it's an incredible movie but th- it was a light bulb moment right because i said that these people these are these are artists these are mm-hmm. actors and writers and directors that have come together that have told a story that obviously there's politics into it, but I don't think that being against child sex trafficking should be partisan, right. but it's weirdly partisan. That's right. a very, uh, right. another weirdness about this yes. era, but yes. they created this thing mm-hmm. and it's entertaining. Number one. Ooh, uh-huh. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Well, the other thing is I have since coming forward, shockingly, I've gotten a lot of people reaching out to one. I was just going to ask you about yeah, that. I was shocked. That was not what I was expecting whatsoever. But, you know, it, it does bring into this moral dilemma of like, okay, well, Netflix had cuties. I've denounced that. You know <laughs> what I mean? Does it, so as a creator of, of content, like if I am to work, I don't, I, do, I have values and I don't want to be a hypocrite. Does that mean what's the next platform that ha- is respectable to a country? And you can't go with Disney anymore because they're in cahoots with China and of Apple course. is, you know, the labor issues with them. And so what's the streaming platform that speaks to an overall value of humanity? You know, uh, it, it either it doesn't exist yet mm-hmm. or that stuff is going to take over some streaming platforms that are here for conservatives right now. This is my thought. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if you agree on this, because I've been doing this. I've been in conservative media for, for about three years now and mm-hmm. have done very well and will continue to do very well. I think that there is going to be a hunger for people that want 
content from conservative media that's not just another talking head screaming about politics. Right. It's not just another talking head screaming about politics. Mm-hmm. What is next? Where mm-hmm. are where are the movies? Where are the reality mm-hmm. shows? Mm-hmm. Where where mm-hmm. is this content that's from a conservative perspective? Mm-hmm. And I think that it's going to come from a lot of these outlets that are there right now. So I mm-hmm. think that there is a big bright, beautiful future for all that. So mm-hmm. what has the other the response uh, been like? You said it's been overwhelmingly positive and lots mm-hmm. of people that want to work with you in the Hollywood world, correct? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't know if you could qualify them as Hollywood. I, I've got a big response from people who are sick of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, traditional Hollywood. I've I've actually had a couple, a couple uh, old agents reach, uh, which is shocking for speaking out. But I, yeah, that invitation to work within Hollywood is definitely not there right now. Okay, so it's yeah. So to you, was it worth it? Hell yes. Yes. I, I you know I was saying this earlier. It's like I didn't I didn't realize what a disservice I was doing to myself as a entire human being to be shut up in silence for so long and how much of a full spirit I feel now, you know, cause it, we're talking about freedom, right? American values, the, the land of the free, the home of the brave. And, and I did, I had not, none of those things. I was not speaking freely. I certainly wasn't being brave until I spoke up, you know, and, and spoke up in, in the, in the midst of this wash of, you know, demand by the left to only prescribe to one thinking. Um, so now I, it, it's, it's, I feel joyful. I feel like in a weird way, a better mom, um, just all around better communicator. I've lost a few friends and that's sad, but obviously they're not as tolerant as my ideas as, as they, they made, say. They made their choice. They sure did. And you they know sure what did. I say? I've lost, I lost my best friend of 15 years over all oh. of this, but you know, it, it's fine because they made their choice. Yes. And yes. you have to release yourself of any sort mm-hmm. of guilt or doubt or whatever. And you say that that mm-hmm. was their choice. Now, mm-hmm. you you mentioned that you're a mother. Now, mm-hmm. I, I want you, because we talked about cuties a little bit, but I want to mm-hmm. know your perspective as a mother. What the And, and I want to, uh, the audience is probably aware. Let me just give you some background. Cuties mm-hmm. is this movie that had, had come out on Netflix. It was uh, sparked an uproar on conservative media. I guess you could say, quote unquote, conservative Everybody that has a soul should have mm-hmm. been infuriated mm-hmm. by this. These images of these 10, 11, 12 year old girls twerking in booty shorts. Mm-hmm. It was, it's, it's just awful. A lot of people cancel their Netflix subscriptions. So your response to something like that as a mother, what mm-hmm. is that? Oh, I was appalled. I mean, it's one of those things that you, it's so hard to understand and grasp that it's a possibility until you see it. I didn't, I actually didn't believe it. I kept hearing about it. I did not believe it until I saw it for myself. And at that point is like, what, there are so many other things that we've been misled about. And we canceled Netflix immediately. There's no tiptoeing around this situation. Child pornography is, I heard something, some meme that said, if pedophilia is just a sexual preference, then murder, uh, di- uh, burying a body is just gardening. Yeah, yeah, I saw that meme too. I mean, it's it's not it's there's no gray area. I do not believe. I also don't want to alienate someone who has an issue with pedophilia to then banish them to the rest of the world and maybe dismiss any potential for healing. But there's got to be a productive way to do that. And cuties was certainly not it. Um, and it's so funny. And what do you say? Because the people, the predictable leftist response, they had a, t- a couple of responses to this. It was the conservatives 
pounce response, right. which is like, oh, look at what these mean conservatives are saying about this wonderful work of art, quote unquote. Right. Right. And then the other response is, well, this is from a female director and she was right. just trying to, to make a this, statement. Right. Sure. Pedophilia is not a victimless crime. It's not a, just a sexual preference. There's a there's children involved being hurt. So yes. it, the the way that they could polarize that into being anything but just you know just an awful display of and in poor taste in putting that out for millions and millions of people to see is asinine, and it just leads lends to the reality of they they stand for nothing. Yeah. And that's it's really funny that that you talk about standing up for something because there's this idea, look, and I follow some of these celebrities too. It's you have to make a choice because my choice is to allow some of these celebrities to entertain me, but not mm -hmm. to lecture me about politics or how yeah, I'm supposed to yeah. live my life. Sure. And I think that and it's a lot for a lot of different groups for for black Americans in general, like our celebrities are used to push leftist leftism right. on us. Uh, and, and we have these these people that were so successful in America mm -hmm. that have became multimillionaires and famous mm -hmm. and all of these other things. And we'll tell you mm -hmm. how awful America is. Yeah. And right. it's the same thing with with the young girls that, mm -hmm. that look up to Hollywood actresses like you. Mm -hmm. And they you know, these some of these women in Hollywood and the music industry are used to kind of like push this leftist idea of, of what a woman is supposed to be and there's nothing particularly brave there's nothing brave about a hollywood actor or actress or singer or whatever saying f trump or trump oh, is God. this or trump is that oh, there, there, there is no bravery there that's not, not brave it's not it's not brave it's it's crass and it's uneducated and it's without merit you know and even like biden calling our president a clown it's insulting it's it you know it's it's without tact and that's what the, the left is, though. It's just an emotional knee-jerk response to things and name-calling that is constantly occurring in anything that comes up. Yes. So I want to ask you, um, I, I, man, we could we can make an entire weekly right? show out of <laughs> yeah, you and I bashing yeah, yeah. the left. This is very fun. <laughs> but I want to ask, what, what is next on, on your path and on your journey? Yeah, I think one of the things that I've always held as really important is this sense of individualism and the capability to walk through fire, so to speak, and get to the other side, a better spirit or human. And if anything that I hope that people see through this experience, that that's not to say that I'm a better human. I certainly feel more full because of it. But, you know, in the midst of something so stark that speaking out against the left is a worldwide phenomenon that hasn't quite you know opened up yet i've been getting messages literally from all over the world mm -hmm. many different countries saying well, but the left is pushing them into silence as well it's not just america and so i would hope to be able to convey that everyone has this strength and inner ability to walk through like the fear of quote unquote cancel culture. I, th there's no getting canceled. You get back up and you try again, you know, and, that, and yes. that's, that's the freedom that we have here. So I have no roadmap for what's coming next. I know that whatever it is, I can get through it. And I'm excited and looking forward to seeing what happens. As are we, we are just so excited to watch, you know, people like you and, and, and just come out to, Stand up for who you are. Stand up for America. And thank you so much for speaking with me, Samira. And thank you so much for, for just being a light in 
an industry that really, really needs it. So thank well, you so much. Thank you, but also thank you for laying the laying the path ahead of us. I mean, if it wasn't for you, that it would be a dark a dark journey. And because of you and other voices like yours, that you know, it's already lit up. So I truly appreciate that. Well, that makes my heart full. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Awesome, thanks. Thanks so much to my sponsors. Please support them so we can bring the show to you for free. Visit my show page at robsmithisproblematic.com and please tell your friends about the show and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts so other people can learn what the show is about, be introduced to me, all of these problematic thoughts, and introduced to our community of problematics. Thanks to producer Stephen Calabria and researcher Aaron Kleekman and executive producers Debbie and Newt, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. part of the Gingrich 360 Network.